0: Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne, I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois, and
1: I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship.
0: You know, you didn't ever get back to it, but you said last week mm. that you were going to be celebrating your daughter's sixth birthday, even though you didn't know what year she was born in. No, I know. And exactly. Everybody She's six wants years to ago. know. Yeah, it was six years ago. That's all you know. Yeah, you know what year it was? What? How long have you been married? Huh? yeah, exactly.
1: How long have you been married now? 13 years. Mm. Are you sure? Nope. Okay. I think I'm, you know what? I'm celebrating 14 years this year. Okay. So you're still, when is your anniversary? In June. June
0: 3rd. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Um, How did the birthday party go? What went, who was
1: invited? Because I know I wasn't. Uh, What happened? (laughs) What was it like? It was a appropriately social, distant, uh, peaceful, appropriate, the because you have a neighbor lady taking pictures of your kids and getting all mad. Yeah, yeah. Alice is not happy. <laughs> <laughs> also, the, oh, the Earls were there. No, no, no. I said Alice. Alice is the lady. Or Allison Alice. is the one from our church that you should know who. who yeah, she is. I know. That's what I thought yeah, Allison. Yeah. I thought you said
0: Allison. Mm, no. So, was she at the birthday party? Who, Alice? Allison. Or-
1: were the Earls there? There was no party. It was uh, not a there
0: party. There was a party and
1: you invited the Earls and no, you didn't no, invite me. No, it was you all You invite I the Earls everywhere <laughs> and all, you don't no, invite me. No, 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 no. I had a I all I did was I put, uh, we had a table out there with donuts mm-hmm. and mimosas. Sounds fun. It neighbors sounds nice. that would like to come and grab.
0: Well, the Earls aren't neighbors. They live way out of the way. Were they there? Well, because I was not invited. I am my
1: brother's keeper, and mm-hmm. so everyone okay, is my whatever. neighbor. We right. are called to look that's, that's to everyone. Fine.
0: Everybody knows that this is a sham, that like this podcast is built on a lie that we're friends. No, no. Because we're we're best we were friends. Oh, well, really? You really would have came? You First of all- For you, mimosas, for alcohol and donuts? I did know <laughs> I would come. Do, <laughs> what are you, you talking about? Not, you do not. Okay, first, I now, hate kids' parties. I do I I hate kids' parties. I don't go to kids' so, parties. So so I don't go to my own kids' parties. I don't have
1: parties for our kids. Forget about it. Here's some some Netflix. We that. So, yeah, we had all the chairs kind of, you know- Set apart and uh, blankets and everything all mm-hmm. around the yard. And people just relax from a distance. Okay. All right. My you, dad showed up on his bike. Yep. What do you want to drive? Had a Goldwing or something cheesy? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. Old man. Yeah. It's an old man bike. Nah. It's an Indian.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. That's cool. All <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. He's doing it right. Yeah. All right. Yep. I knew it. I knew it
1: would be something cool. So how was your day? Right now we're recording. <sighs> it's a Sunday. Lord's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: We're breaking the Sabbath. Um by some standards, by recreating, I mm-hmm. guess, in a way, maybe I don't know. Uh, no, you know what we did this week? We took the kids to Chicago. Oh, I saw that, and uh, we went to. Uh, Eli's like, I want to go to Devil Dogs, and like, see, I told him about Devil Dogs. He's like, mm-hmm. I love Devil Dogs, well, it's not as cool when nobody's there, you know. And I, so, anyways, we went there, and uh, I got this hot dog. It was uh, it was hot dog with chili. Cheese, mustard, and sauerkraut, and it was one of the best hot dogs I've ever had in my life. Holy I know. I want smokes! That, that yeah. was I want really that. Good. So next time we're in Chicago, we would have all yeah, you yeah. get that. yeah, Let's we should yeah. do yeah. oh, it. Like, what are you doing tomorrow? Yeah. I don't know. Why don't you ask Greg, your new best friend? <laughs> well, if you're not going to be there, maybe <laughs> I'll see what he's up to. If if that's anywhere near where you're going to be uh doing your social work Mm-mm. thing, or, okay. Nope. Nope. So devil dog, man. We got to go get it. So yeah, we did that, walked around, and uh, we saw some of the murals. We wanted to show the kids something different, so we went and saw some of the cool murals. Yeah, great photos. And, great uh, photos. Yeah, man. It was fun. It was a good time. And uh, today, Sunday, we uh, had our breakfast, and yep. then we did a little devotional thing nice. like we do based on the sermon. And now Jen is done painting what as much as she could on the deck, and now she's burning the brush outside.
1: You sent me a video. He,
0: yeah. Joe yeah. was sitting there. I know.
1: On, on your back porch. Mm-hmm. I thought you were watching a video. I I don't know what you were looking on your on your computer. I can't remember right now. I was probably working. You know, like I do. Working, or it might have been, or it might have been the Last Dance. Uh, Yeah, it might have been the Last Dance about the the Bulls there. there, And then all of a sudden, he he moves. So I
0: show you a video of my computer, and then it
1: pans left. I don't remember this. Pans left to your cigar and and a refreshment of some kind, (laughs) and then it pans up to Jen in the distance. Painting. Well, that was her turn. Painting. It was her
0: turn. That's what Painting. that was.
1: Yeah, she's working. And it's her turn.
0: My turn to rest. We take turns. Cycle. Laughing. Cyclical. Reciprocal. That's what that is. Now, Dane.
1: We have Dane Ortland here. Dane Ortland's back, back on the podcast. He's our new best friend. And uh, Dane, do you do that? Do you have your wife uh paint? The fence, and while you just sit around watching documentaries and smoking cigars and having enjoying refreshments. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dane. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Dane. Huh. Dane's too busy she, writing one of the she, best books mm. of the year. She tends to do. I, I, I just said this to a friend this weekend. She tends to do the work around the house that um, a real man would do. Mm. That's exactly um, And how I, 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 one and and I tend house. to do some of the things that you would think the woman would be doing, like mm. cooking. <laughs> so well, we, I don't do um, that reverse roles in a little.
1: Uh, Let's well, not, 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 not go too far with. Yeah. Reverse roles here,
2: Dane. But we already get
1: yelled yelled at. I actually think Dane, we're probably we're probably closer right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's pretty much the same. I love to cook.
0: He, Jimmy, is the cook. yeah He is definitely the cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to come on over? I'll text you. Yeah, you'll be you'll
0: be in the group thread with the
2: Earls (laughs) and the hooses and I'm not in on that group thread.
1: (laughs) hurts my dude. It hurts my feelings. You know I have two feelings, and it hurts one of them. What's your stance on Vegas?
2: I don't have a stance. Oh, on Vegas. well, all right. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out together. I thought you were going to say, what's your stance on vegan? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's at the Thorn household.
1: Jeez, <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> Catherine doesn't listen. Jen doesn't listen. You know who listens to this podcast in my family? One of them. My youngest son, Killian, mm. who's nine. Hey, bonger. He listens every night. Love it. That's my boy. I'm like, what are you listening to, buddy?
2: i love it that's great that's great
0: the rest nobody else respects what i do it's fine no respect so if you guys don't know if you didn't hear our last podcast go back and listen to our bonus episode with dane ortland he is the chief publishing officer and bible publisher at crossway which basically makes him higher than the president or something i'm not sure (laughs) he is married to stacy they have five kids unlike jimmy who only has three because he quit Uh, he is the author you only got four though so you must have quit
1: Continue. No, Jen quit. No, 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 no. The no, fourth, no. One. The fourth no. one came, and Jen's like, "We're we're nope, gonna have five. Nope, we're gonna have five. Nope, that was the plan." Nope. Ask Jen. Done. Five was the done. plan. And no, Jen's no, like, no. "We're done." Nope. If you're gonna make that the standard, you yeah. failed it yourself. No, Jen failed. I was you all. I was going to go all you the way. You failed it. Continue. Mm-hmm.
0: Jen quit. Uh, but Dane has a new book that we have been waiting for uh, for a long time. For I mean, I Dane's been working on it for a long, long time. Um, I I learned about it just a couple of years ago when he was still writing it, and ever since then we've kind of talked about it. How'd you guys get into it? Well, you know. A couple years ago, Dana and I were hanging out in uh, South Africa for like, I don't know, like a month. It seemed like it was a long weeks and weeks. We were out there traveling out all over South Africa. I travel
1: too, and I like to travel. You know, we were- You're uh, you're coming along next time, (gasps) Take both of us. Do you think Mm. South Africa
0: can handle both of Mm. us? Here's the thing. South Africa. Nobody cares about
1: me here. South Africa liked me. I heard you were a big deal in South Africa. I don't know if I'm a big deal, but they did like me. No, you know why it's got to be? It's got to be- uh, everyone here that took your books and shirts to Goodwill, yes, and they finally made their way to Do you South think, Africa. Is that like the old like those NBA God. t-shirts? <laughs> he doesn't want it. Look at him. He's yeah. like, I don't want to laugh. Okay, at this. that He's might no, but that might have happened. That might have happened. What I don't care how
0: God does it. God works in mysterious ways. If, if God chose to bless uh, South Africa as we're pursuing the Lord and cast off America as we are pursuing false gods, that's up to the Lord. So yeah, you know, Dana and I had a chance. To, uh, I was invited to go with Crossway throughout South Africa. A couple. of years ago. And, um, it was a really, really good time. Crossway, um, could not just tolerated me. They, I I would say that they were very, very kindly and in a friendly way embraced me and with all of my weirdness. And we had a great time hanging out and ministering together. It honestly was one of the best trips of my life. Hmm. Uh, not the best Jimmy, those are reserved for you. First of all, and I don't I'll get jealous sense. of things like that, you know. Okay, really? I,
1: I, no, I really don't. Well, well, I That's get fine. Passive-aggressive tweets after them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Joe? We'll talk about this after.
0: Dane wrote this book. <laughs> Dane wrote this book called "Gentle and Lowly: yeah. The Heart of Sinners." I'm sorry, <laughs> the Heart of Christ. It's,
2: it's about the heart for of sinners, sinners and mm-hmm. Suffers.
0: Here, I only—I just call it gentle and lowly. Um, here's the truth. You guys know that Jimmy and I—we will always tell you what we really think, what yep. we really feel, mm-hmm. and sometimes that gets us, uh, you know virtually attacked by weirdos like pulpit and pen or whatever. But, um, we don't take on sponsors. We don't like that. We don't benefit from, and we don't promote stuff that we don't believe in. This is in my estimation, the best book of the year already. And I think it's going to stay the best book of the year. This is one of the most refreshing and important books I've read in years and years. This is a book everybody needs to read gentle and lowly by Dane Ortland. We, uh, we want to talk to you about this, Dane, because it is a different kind of book. Mm. It's not, you know, it's not a book about spiritual discipline. It's right. not a how-to. It's not a yes. self-help. Yeah. Uh, you know, and those are, those are those, there's a lot of value in those kinds of books. Like, yeah. I, I believe in discipline and perseverance, yeah. and right. I, I can benefit from, from even secular self-help style books. Yeah. This is a completely different kind of book. What moved you
2: personally to write this thing? My own tears, my own anguish, my own pain, my own stupidities my own um, failing and faltering and foibles. And um, I'm 41. I think that I was probably born again at age six, Hmm. lying in my bed in Des Moines, Iowa, my dad leading me in a prayer at my grandparents' house. So 35 years or so in, I'm pretty screwed up. Mm. Hmm. And if it's about me getting to a certain threshold of cleanness forget it mm-hmm. i'm done but if there's a heart if there's a, a beating heart in heaven not just a not just a doctrine which i mm-hmm. i love and believe in not just the skeleton but a heart for me from heaven which can't be dissuaded from embracing me then I think I can keep being a Christian. So what how did how did that what happened what what was
0: what was it that yeah. led you to get to that place because so many of us really do struggle yeah. with striving and striving of course is a part of the Christian life there's yeah. a lot of work to be done That's right. so. but yeah. what is it that moved you to get to that place where you finally found what seems to be to me a triumphant peaceful joy
2: yeah that's right stumbling into joe stumbling into something that pastors in england were talking about 400 years ago Mm. which for some reason maybe you guys know we're not talking about Mm. today and we've got everything buttoned up theologically and that matters but uh, William Bridge and Jeremiah Burroughs and Thomas Goodwin, especially, yeah. and John Bunyan and Richard Sibbs, and then later Edwards and Warfield and Spurgeon, but especially these guys in the 1600s yeah. in the south of England, they were talking about something. And these are not guys who were theologically frothy, these were the guys who were helping create the Westminster Standards. Mm-hmm. 1689, uh, the, these confessions, which we today, three, 400 years later, are still cherishing and saying, hey, are you out of line in any little jot or tittle with this? Because they are such, so perfectly put together. These guys framed those wrath-affirming, hell-affirming confessions. They were the guys who were talking about the heart of God and the heart of Christ, which is in the Bible, Uh, For sinners, for messy sinners and those in anguish, like all of us, Mm. in a way that we don't talk about today. Why? I don't really know. I think there might be some historical reasons, but I don't really know. And I just want to say, hey, can I just like stick a syringe in the Puritans? (laughs) Draw it out and then stick it into a book for us today. It's one tenth of a percent mm-hmm. of what they had in their literature back then, but we don't even have the tenth of a percent today. Right. I don't think there's a couple guys talking about it, maybe, but we don't really talk about it today. Um, we talk about the objective side of the gospel justification imputation adoption we don't the legal forensic side we don't talk about the subjective Mm. side and if you have the objective and subjective i think you're a you can be a believer you can have very sound theology but you will be boring and you actually won't be a compelling radiant person you won't be the kind of person your neighbor wants to be more like and um and you will probably be very exhausted and discouraged in your christian life
0: this is particularly true in the Reformed tradition, where mm. we have these confessions and yeah. we have this history. Mm, right. For some reason, we've lost what was called experimental Christianity, yes. experimental Calvinism, right. and we've held on to some kind of sterile, sterilized Calvinism, where we get the dots and the uh, everything right. The but um, we've we've lost much of the heart. I think, and most Calvinists that I talk to can see that, and they're like, "Yes, we we have a history that's richly experimental or experiential, but yeah, we if we're going to err. We we get it right on paper, but not necessarily right in the heart.
2: And like, I felt, oh, go ahead. No, no, exactly, Joe. And a lot of guys, I think they they know they want their doctrine to fuel their worship, mm. but mm. but and that's that's something. In, but that's actually remains at the theoretical level for them. How that actually happens, I think you need to climb inside. Actually, the heart of who God and Christ. Uh, who they are. So I felt like when I was, as I was reading your book, I mean, I, I, I could,
1: and I don't know if this is a compliment. So if I'm off on left field, I do apologize for that. It's an insult.
0: Please let it be an insult.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I could hear as I'm reading it, I could hear like two voices, right? Like Mm. I could hear like Piper, I could Mm. hear Piper and like the idea of like, what do you do with all this? It's not about just going and doing, but actually sitting and enjoying. Mm. I think you actually ended, uh, Mm. the book with that, right? Sitting and enjoy these truths for what they are in basking them. Right. Mm. Um, and then secondly, uh, early on I was, I was personally influenced by like Brennan Manning. Right. Mm. And I, I could kind of hear that in there mm. about something moving past, not maybe past is not the right word. Mm. Uh, and I'm not, I don't hear Christian mysticism or anything like that. Um, but I definitely hear that heart for longing, that longing, maybe that's the word that longing for something more. Right. And, um, I mean, would you be fair to say, like, as you're going through this and as you're going through this process, cause you even stopped here, I'm looking at, uh, one particular thing you wrote, you said, uh, there's one particularly concentrated period of history in which God provided penetrating Bible teachers was 1600s England in the age of the Puritans. This book on Christ's heart would not exist if I had not stumbled upon the Puritans and especially Thomas uh, Goodwin. It is Goodwin more than anyone who has opened my eyes to who God is, or sorry, to who God in Christ is most naturally and easily for fickle sinners, but Goodwin and the others raised in this book such as Sibs and Bunyan's are channels, not the sources. The Bible is the source. So, right. um I mean, is that, is that fair to say, like it was, as Joe said, it became kind of rote, maybe mechanical. I mean, it, it, I'm just trying to kind of, I, what I appreciated about the book, and maybe I'm, I'm jumping all over and I'm sorry about that, uh, but what I appreciated was something, it was something much more than here is who God is, right? Yeah. Like, like, or here is who got what has God done? It's yeah. here is his love for you and how
2: that, how that should really just impact you, right? Yeah. Sit in that. Exactly. You're you're exactly right, Jimmy. And what what you're struggling to articulate is what I was struggling to articulate because we deeply resist this. We do not believe Mm -hmm. that when I roll out of bed tomorrow morning, I, tomorrow morning, I do not believe way down deep in my gut that it is in my pockets of deepest defeat, that that is where Christ's heart is most strongly drawn and I think Brendan Manning is helpful on that front, um, and and then John Piper helps us to just s- splash some big God theology oh, in yeah, there as yeah, yeah. well. So this is not playing one off against the other, but we we really resist it. We do not believe it we, I, that that God. I mean, here's what Goodwin convinced me of, and he showed me in the Bible, and I'll never be the same. That that actually in my mess. That is where God is most strongly attracted and drawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that He has to get over some, you know, some mm-hmm. mot- motivational hump within Himself to then, okay, I'll, I'll now come to Dane again. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, when Goodwin helped me see that in the Bible, in the Prophets, in Hebrews, in First John, in the Gospels, I saw th- this is. As uh, someone wrote to me recently, um, interacting with me about the book, he said, "Dane, if this is true, this changes everything. It does. It changes everything for me. Mm. This is this is a kind of Christianity I can actually exist as a disciple in." And that's just it. like you really hit hard,
1: like you're penetrating a message of like you are not a burden, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are not a burden to God in the sense that like he's just like done with you and just mm-hmm. saying, oh, here's here's Joey and Jimmy in their mess again. Right. Or he's not that uncle or that dad in the corner with the belt just ready to mm-hmm. to uh, to come at you. Right. Like it was there's this longing for uh he wants to heal those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was the language he used. He wants to heal those things, right. and that's
2: what he came here to do. Right? Yeah, exactly. And if we are his own body, if the three of us are three body parts, mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ is the head, <laughs> what does he want? What do I want when, I mean, I'm dealing with a little issue on my right big toe right now. What do I want? I want it to get healed. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking care of it. I'm soaking it. I'm trying to bandages on it. Why? Because it's part of me. The three of us and anyone who is in Christ listening, who is part of Christ, actually part of him. So he wants us to get healed. When we come to Christ, when I come to Christ tomorrow, I say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Please help me. And I'm drawing afresh on his atoning work. He himself is comforted by that mm. not not only me he draws comfort from my drawing strength from his atoning work because his own body is getting healed. Hmm. This is an everyone wins scenario. And what I love is like
1: you're not all theoretical about it, right? Like no. we're not just saying this is all based on feelings, but even in that, uh, in, right. as you wrote, the source of it is the book, right? The source of it is Scripture. Right. That's where we go to see the the what he has done for not just for us, but he's doing in us now
2: today, right? Exactly. I mean, th- th- this is a a strand, a strong. But neglected strand in the Bible itself, mm. I think, Jimmy. And um, we don't, it, it's a little bit, it, it can feel a little mushy to some of us who love theology. And I love theology. So we can kind of skip over the Exodus 34, 6 and 7, Jeremiah 30 to 33, Hosea 11, Zephaniah 3, Hebrews 4 and 5, Matthew 11, 29 kinds of passages mm. where we are told here is who God is, not just what God and in his son Christ did did and that is of eternal consequence but also more deeply and even surrounding that fueling that who god and christ are who they are that is something that um that we have neglected i believe Mm. but it's right there in the pages of scripture if you disagree with me about the heart of christ don't talk to me about thomas goodwin being wrong talk to me about jesus jeremiah and moses being wrong Mm.
0: That's really helpful, um, because what you're what you're ex, what you're talking about in terms of your experience or or our experience, because I, I think a lot of it's the same. This isn't something that you learn and then you're good, right? This is something that you learn and relearn. You yes. have to hold on to this. Right. I because I can remember being the the ignorant, but arrogant, overly confident theological theological. Uh, you know, fighter. I was always looking to pick a fight with somebody. And God began to really convict me of using scripture to footnote my arguments rather than deriving life from the revelation itself. And, and it was, uh, these experimental Calvinists, uh, Puritans and people in that tradition that God really used to wake me up. And, And so what I find is like, wow, in 96, I began to wake up to what I, what was right in front of me the whole time. But what I find is that I have to continually go back to this Mm. again and again. And I need, I need a, a, a fresh voice to remind me to call me back to what I tend to drift away from and this book is one of them. So let's get right to it. You you're talking a lot about the heart of Christ. What is the central premise of this book that sh- that really should change everything because it is so fundamental
2: to Jesus and the gospel? Yeah. Well, it, it, thanks Joe. The, in the Bible, Old Testament and New, when the heart is mentioned. It is not just our emotions. It's certainly not less than that. Some people think too little of our emotions, but in the Bible, Old Testament, the heart th- thinks, wills, discerns, decides, judges, feels. The heart is the very center of who you are. It's your motivation headquarters. It's your, it's what gets you out of bed in the morning. Um, and therefore, how surprising that when Jesus shows up and as Spurgeon points out in the one place in all four gospels Matthew Mark Luke and John 90 or so chapters of the Bible when Jesus says here's what my heart is here's what gets me out of bed in the morning here's what I am about he doesn't say i am exalted and dignified in heart he doesn't say mm-hmm. i he doesn't even say something like i am joyful and and embracing and generous mm-hmm. in heart he says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Now, what in what church? In what it, it, who of us as men? It's off putting, it, it, it off putting. Sound, it sounds soft,
1: yeah, yeah, right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Gentle
1: and lowly, it sounds like a beta that's what people look people at they look it, and yeah. say that's
2: not alpha that's exactly. not
1: beta that's not jesus riding in on, on a horse date with a tattoo exactly.
2: you know yeah, down yeah. his leg yeah. wielding a sword and yet in in the previous paragraph he said woe to you beth seda woe to you mm. Chorazin." and he pronounces eternal woes yeah. so this is not yep. someone who's uh theologically mushy um and he's just saying hey guys I don't know if you realize this. You don't have to go through security to get to me. Mm -hmm. You don't have to um, present your ID and have me check it over. You can come to me. I am the most, I mean, lowly. The word lowly in that text in Matthew 11 actually is elsewhere translated in the New Testament. Humble. What's Jesus humble about? I mean, this Mm -hmm. is the son of God. Mm -hmm. Well. The point is, he is the most approachable person in the universe. You can never find someone who is easier to approach yeah. than Jesus Christ, who's more accessible. The exalted, dazzlingly radiant one, the revelation one Jesus, who's got mm. a sword coming out of his mouth and it's just like firework. John can't even explain what he's seeing. <laughs> That's the one who said, if you want to know my deepest art, let me open up my chest cavity and tell you what most makes me tick. I am gentle and lowly. This is an astonishing, it's worth a
1: book. And and you were using that phrase like it's the bowels, right? The bowels Mm -hmm. of the individual, like what's coming out. And I love the way you worded this, gentle and lowly. This is according to his own testimony. It's Christ's very heart. This is who he is, tender, open, welcoming, accommodating, understanding, willing. If we are asked to say only one thing about who Jesus is, we would be honoring Jesus' own teaching if our answer is gentle and lowly.
2: I mean, we're just following what he said. That's right. mm-hmm. We're not making anything up here, guys. We're saying, okay, I, I got only one thing to say about who Jesus is to some neighbor or something who's a relative who's asking me about Jesus who, who had, is exploring Christianity. Can we do better than Matthew eleven twenty nine? You know, it, 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 as I say in the book, if he had his own personal website, the about me drop down, if it only had mm-hmm. one thing to say, would say gentle and lowly in yeah. heart. Yeah. This is not who we expect him to be. The, you, you said it to me.
0: Back when we were hanging out in South Africa like a month.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> you said that, and it's in the why, book.
1: Why are you sitting here trying to take credit for all this? Why are you trying I'm to not, take credit? I'm just saying are he you told really gonna me sit before you ever credit? met him. That's all you I'm you really trying to say, because and Dane and I to, and are trying trying friends. We go way back, and, and you don't have any relationship you with know what, him whatsoever. Dane, are you yeah. going to sit here and allow him to try to take credit for your book? I'm not taking credit for his book. I'm not saying he told me Are going to take credit as an influencer of your book? I'm not an influencer. Yeah, I know. Nope.
0: Anyways, so you said it in the book, and you just said it that Jesus is the most approachable being that messes me up in a joyful way right? because um, I've been saying the same sort of a thing to myself and to others, but I've never been able to put it so concisely as you did there. Um, because we tend to think like, you know what, I messed up and I know that I'm supposed to repent and pray, but I'm, I, I feel too guilty and I can't go to Jesus right now until I kind of clean up my mess. And so mm-hmm. let, me, let me get a few days under my belt of I'd not looking at porn or, yeah. or not swearing or not yelling right. at my wife or my kid, whatever, to give me a few days and then I'll feel good enough about mm-hmm. myself to approach Jesus. And you're saying, no, the whole point is that he loves the sinner. Mm-hmm. He is right. gentle and lowly. You can right. approach him in ways that you would never expect. That is counterintuitive to what we experience in this world mm. with our bosses, with our family members. Right. And it's counter to what many of the preachers of our day say. And it's counter to what we just tend to think ourselves. I think
2: that's right. And it's not, it, it, it's really what, great the way you just put it there, Joe. And it's not only that, in other words, that it's neutral. And if we are doing great, or if we are not doing great, he will receive us in the same way. Mm. It's actually better than that, that he is more open more he's more wanting to embrace us when we are doing worse <laughs> i mean look at the four gospels and what he actually did who did he love to hang out with mm-hmm. who did he lunch with who did he stiff arm yeah who did he uh, uh, um want to spend time with what was he drawn to he was the, gentle with the immoral Right. Like
0: with the spiritually bankrupt, and with the people who presented themselves as as better than
2: he wasn't so gentle. It's the one time Jesus got all like tough mm-hmm. on people. Exactly. I mean, passage like Matthew twenty three. He's bringing down woes on the Pharisees, the the religious PhDs of the day, because not because they didn't know enough Bible, not because they weren't obedient and moral enough, not because they didn't have. Um, obedient kids but because they were they had a hollowed out you know whitewashed tombs they had a hollow, they were they did not actually have humility they didn't want I feel their need but when someone comes to him uh like the woman in Luke 7 who is Coming and and washing his feet with her hair and and uh, she's sort of cascaded and cast aside, and Jesus gives the parable about someone who's forgiven five hundred denarii or fifty denarii. That kind of that kind of posture, that kind of attitude. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you're coming to him and you're open, you just you want help. That's the kind of person Jesus. Jesus irresistibly is drawn to that kind of mm-hmm. posture. He can't help himself. If I can put it that way, he's the radiant divine son of God. He can't help himself but be drawn to those who are just opening up and they're basically, they're done. They don't know what to do. They just need help. That's the kind of person Jesus exists to help. And
1: we're talking about the prodigal son, right? Mm-hmm. At his wit's end, at the bottom of the barrel, Excellent. not showing where to go, not right. knowing the only place I need to go is back to my father, right? right? He's, and I mean, done. He's, he's done. He's done. He's so right? done. And I mean, yeah. you, and you talk about this, you say, uh, I have so many quotes, man. I right. got so many, sorry. Uh, go to him. All that means is open yourself up to him. Let him love you. The Christian life boils down to two steps. Number one, go to Jesus. Number two, see number one. And later you write, <laughs> your anguish is his home. Go to him. Right, and I just I I was just absolutely encouraged and blown away uh, as I was reading uh, your book. Just that 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 reminder that just that that steady beat mm-hmm. of go to him, go to him, right. go to him, go to him, go to him, unashamed, go yeah. to him, yeah. full of shame, go to him. Right,
2: right, like that's just go. Right, that's, that's so good, Jimmy. I mean, we will use anything, even our Christianity, to. Erect a barrier between mm. us and him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We will use uh, our Bible reading. We will use our our um, awful evangelistic efforts to erect a barrier where we say, "Okay, I need to kind of get over the hump, right. and then I can come to him." And um, what really my dad has taught me, along with the Puritans and the, and the Scripture, of course, is that uh, it is in our in our areas. Are the regions within that we don't disclose to anyone, but God and us know where we are, where we have most shame, regret, and pain Hmm. that that is where the Lord Jesus lives most. That's where he wants to be. That's where he loves. That's where he hugs us hardest. Yeah. And I have not believed that guys for most of my life. And I'm repenting and rejoicing my way forward. Hmm. By the way,
0: Dane's dad is Ray Orland Jr. and if you're in X29 you know who that is because he's now your dad. Uh he, he Ray Orland Jr. theologian but like the best kind, the experiential theologian, right. the the preacher of uh, of the gospel, the lover of 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 Jesus and I mean Ray and Sam Storms are mm. the two guys, the two older guys in the in the X29 network who we all look up to as godly men who have found themselves in their lives hidden in Christ. Mm. And you're anyways, your dad has had such an impact on so many lives. We just, I just want to say everybody that I know in Acts 29 loves your dad. And whenever he speaks, every, and you know X-29 guys, mm. they like to talk. Mm. When your dad speaks, everybody shuts the mm-hmm. heck up. They're well, like, we got to
2: listen to this guy. What they see is the real deal. Mm-hmm. There's not a different Ray Orland. And I'm so very, very thankful for that.
0: And I've heard you talk about it, even on a personal level. Here's what my dad just told me. And it's profound. Like, I want to be that kind of a man. So do I. Right? So do I. Because he gets this. Yeah. He really gets this. Right. So maybe you can just make a make a couple of points here for people. Mm. Obviously, again, we don't push books that we don't personally benefit from. I'm telling you, this is a book that is good for your soul, good for your heart, good for your family, good for your church. But maybe you could put a finer point on it. Why is this book important today? And how is it how is it at odds with a lot of our assumptions mm. about about right. Jesus
2: or about right. the Christian life. Right. I, th- I think there's so much that has been recovered in the last 10, 15 years. We, we, I mean, I, I look at the conferences happening, the blogs out there, the books being podcasts, <laughs> just
0: saying, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe heard one. What are your thoughts on podcasts? The, <laughs> the,
2: the, the reformed Baptist podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, there's, there's so much good happening. I mean, I celebrate, I love it. But, um, I I don't see this particular strand from those whom we all love yeah. being talked about today. So let's not leave behind the other glorious things. Mm-hmm. This is not a substitution, a trade off, but it's simply let's add let's add to what we're talking about this other thing that the Puritans were talking about, unembarrassed, just gladly, happily, and. Um, and and dial that in the mm. more subjective side of the gospel to the objective side, and um, uh, I think we're all going to be the healthier for it. Would, would you say? Tell me, please correct me if I'm wrong. Okay.
1: Oh, here we go, um, because it's very rare. <laughs> it's, it's very, very yeah, rare, rare that I'm wrong. <laughs> rare that he's wrong. <laughs> but you know, I I've been reading the Puritans for a while. I like Ask Puritan. him about tobacco. Okay, you stopping love I know,
0: Joe. <laughs> all right, but was there in because you've been reading them? You, and and this book is very Puritan. It just mm. it is. They, was there a more affectionate, and this, they got their problems. I'm not saying they're not, like, obviously they've got their sins and their issues, but in their writing, in their teaching on God and the gospel and scripture, what has there been a more
2: affectionate experiential group of writers? Not, not that I've been exposed to. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to die and I will have read point zero 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 one of all Christian writers. Okay, it's so fine. From that point, zero, 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 one of all, oh, not that I've been exposed to, no. And um, so I, I appreciate and agree with the premise of the question. These guys have something for us that no one else in church history has for us, in, certainly including anyone writing today. I, I, I mean, they're just in a class of their own. Mm. I've heard criticism, and I, I don't
0: want to name names, but Scott McKnight. Uh, <laughs> 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 Hey, Scott, <laughs> you chill, bro. Yeah, because Scott's listening. Why don't you because chill, he's bro? Listening. Oh, <laughs> Scott listens. He does not listen he to our podcast. Come on Scott now. knows exactly who I am. Why don't you chill, bro? No, um, I remember, and I, don't, I can't remember how it came up, but, but Scott's point was the Puritans were too focused on the individual and yeah. not enough on the community, which, no, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but which essentially betrayed the fact that he has not read enough of the Puritans because the Puritans wrote, a, and and their and their whole practice and culture was about community. But, but yeah, I, I will say that they did focus a lot on individuals yeah. because they were uh, in from my perspective, from my understanding, they were trying to awaken a Christian culture to their need to know God personally. Yeah. And so it is their emphasis on the individual, their soul and their relationship to God that I love so much because they're, it just outside of the superficial, it's me and my best friend, Jesus. That's not what they did. It was about the, the individual's soul heart connecting to Christ being wrapped up and found in him. And then yes, of course, as well in community, but there are people that push back against this emphasis on an individual experience.
2: Wait a minute. I mean, I, what else is there? other than me, at the end of the day, other than me standing before God. I mean, this is what came home so clearly to Luther as Romans one seventeen opened up to him. Um, In this time of social distancing, I hate being away. I'm an introvert, big time. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be reading books all day long and not seeing any other human beings. And I am feeling more than ever. I need other Christians. I mean, Dietrich Bonhoeffer life together read that three, four months ago. Game changer for me. He says the physical presence of other believers is an incomparable source of joy and uh, comfort to the believer. That is true. Okay, fine. At the same time, I'm not, I am not going to be in heaven one day because of, the church i was in i mean maybe in a in an indirect way it's about me and the lord jesus christ and so paul will say galatians 2:20 i have i not we i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the life I live in, life in the Son of God who loved me, loved me, and gave Himself for me. I mean, NT Wright finds a way of making that about corporate Israel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dang, I call. I thought I was wrong for calling out yeah, somebody. No, you, you just called out NT Wright. Called NT
1: Wright. Whoa,
0: but that's such a good word because yeah, the, there there is no group without the individual. Yeah. And that's, that's that's Christ redeems individual. I mean, I believe we believe in particular redemption. I mean, Christ redeems individuals to, to gather his people for his own possession. We're zealous for good works. Dane, this book um, has been a joy to us. And again, okay, I'm not just saying it because you're here because we spent basically a vacation in South Africa together. I'm not just saying that I'm saying this because I, I genuinely mean it. Do you want
1: to go to Berlin? No, stop it. <laughs> he will too. Don't do that. he's to looking Berlin? to get into Germany. Do you want to go to Berlin? I'm trying to. I'm trying to say I'm something. I'm to Amsterdam in uh, October. That's not Berlin. No, but we'll stop there. For <laughs> Dane ain't going to Amsterdam with you. You want to go to Amsterdam?
0: <laughs> um, this is this is the first book, in, in years. I mean, in in twenty years, it's the first book in twenty years that I've read that I'm going back and reading it again immediately. Mm. It's the first book that in in that has happened before, but it's been over 20 years. Thank you for writing mm. this book. We are actually going to be giving away two copies of Gentle and Lowly The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. And so what you need to, if you want, if you want to get this for free, it's hardcover Yo. This cool. way. Crossway didn't Listen, make my I, books hardcover. And you
1: know what? I didn't even get a hardcover. I had to go to Amazon and get a Kindle <laughs> Jimmy version. Jimmy had to buy a Kindle I had to buy an version e-book You know why?
0: <laughs> hey Crossway, didn't you didn't send Jimmy mm-hmm. my sidekick a book? Well, no, bugger. no, you're, no, you're, no. You're my sidekick. Dane, Dane. You, you know. Dane. Oh, this is why you quoted his book so much, so you Dane. can feel like you're the man. Like, Dane. okay, Dane, I basically helped Dane so write Dane. the book. Dane, I don't oh, need to quote the book. I basically that. wrote I the book. I didn't see it in the acknowledgments. No, I didn't. It's not in there. I had no influence. <laughs> All right. Here, here's the thing. We're going to give away two copies of Gentle and Lowly. What you need to do is you need to promote this episode of Doctrine and Devotion and the book. The only way to do that is you're going to go to our show notes, right, at DoctrineAndDevotion.com for this particular episode. Copy and paste the uh, the information that we have there. Put it on social media. That's either Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, you know what, you could do uh, Twitter, you could do, uh, what, what are you on, uh, what is it called? Um, he's, he's on Twitter. No, but he's on the other thing too. What is it called? Blogspot? No, but yeah, he's on Blogspot <laughs> from, nine, from 2005. But then you're on, what is it TikTok. I'm not, TikTok. On, <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. He's not on TikTok. Th- put it on the stuff,
1: put it out there, and Dane. Yep. I Make want, sure you tag them, Take, tag Crossway, we'll have, tag us. All that information is going to be in yep. there. you got to do that
0: in order to get this book for free. You'll, you'll have two chances. Now, here's the thing, Dane. Um. You, you came in wearing shorts. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm not trying to be mean, but you came in wearing short pants. It was a bunch of dudes. You, you your hairy legs are hanging out. And it's kind of weird. Some, and oh, some you, with your big toe. You got your, you got your big toe. You need to go have that look. No, no look, at this, on the look at table. this thing. Look at this thing. Your toe is messed up. It's probably because you're in that, I don't know what that car is with
1: all the stuff in there, but you need to go and get that checked out no, for because real. we
0: are scared for you.
1: Yeah. You know what? That's an essential service. You need to go get that checked yeah. out. <laughs> That's, that, ain't no <laughs> surgery, <bro. laughs> that ain't no elective surgery bro that ain't no elective surgery alright guys well Dane thank you so much for coming out we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts you could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Diva or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion you can head to the website Doctrine There you can contact us you can sign up for the email blast or head up the store jofostore.com and grab some gear if it's not already sold out we need to get some more teeth we need to do a new design I know we need to do a design. Yeah, let's do it All right, fresh pot every Monday and Thursday blog post on Wednesdays later